oh yeah, and your whole point that you didn't think that you would be successful in CRNA school had you not had kids. Oh, absolutely. Which is <laughs> super interesting and remarkable. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Because uh, having- so many people are like, I mean, I have literally have heard people like, oh, well, I've got young kids. I can't do that. Oh, no. I think the the opposite. You'll never be more um, on top of things and organized in your entire life as when you have small children because they demand that of you. Yeah. So that, folks, is Kay Balzano, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. I'm John Lawrence, and this is From the Head of the Bed, a podcast for the anesthesia community. In this episode, Kate and I talk about her decision to switch gears from working as an organic chemist to becoming a CRNA. We talk about her and her husband's approach to school and finances, given that at the same time, they were also starting a family and now have two young daughters. Kate's story is remarkable in that, as you just heard, she believes that actually being a mother of two little kids made her more successful in anesthesia school than if she had gone to school prior to having children. Her story is also remarkable because Kate and her husband paid off all of her student loan debt, all $140,000 of it, in just over a year. Not everyone can do or should do what Kate did. Your situation is going to be different, but I'm excited to bring you Kate's story for what it hopefully will mean to other mothers out there, to other parents out there, who want to go back to anesthesia school or who are in anesthesia school and wondering how it's all going to work out. Well, Kate tells us that it's doable. It's possible. It may be absolutely crazy at times, juggling kids, partners, school, clinical, your finances, and everything else. But it's possible, and the payoff is exceptional. Kate currently practices anesthesia as a CRNA in the Department of Anesthesiology and Perioperative Medicine at Maine Medical Center. Prior to nursing, Kate was an organic chemist with research and management experience in both industrial as well as pharmaceutical research labs. Kate has earned a Master's of Science in Nursing Anesthesia from the University of New England, a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing from the University of Massachusetts, and an American Chemical Society certified Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry with a minor in Biology from Northeastern University. Stay tuned to the end of my conversation with Kate, where I'm going to tell you about a couple of other podcasts that will help you think about ways to manage and pay off student loan debt. All right, with that, let's get to the show. Kate, I'm so stoked to chat with you today. I'm very excited to share your story and kind of talk about what it means to be a CRNA and how to approach the financial element of school debt after CRNA school with you. I think you've got an incredible story and I'm stoked to bring it to people. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell folks a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from, family situation, you're a mom of two, you were a Mm -hmm. chemist in a previous life. Like, Give people like the 10,000 foot view of Kate Balzano. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I did start off, um, my undergraduate career as a, a chemist and my, my, the start of my career was as a chemist. Um, when my husband and I decided that we wanted to start a family, the hours that I was working weren't great for, for having kids. Uh, it was kind of a, a job that you could stay there all the time and never finish working. And it was, um, it was not ideal. Uh, we were in the Boston area as well. I had uh, decided that I wanted to go back to school for something different. Both of my parents are nurses, so I entertained the idea of going back for nursing school, chatted a lot with both of them about different options that nursing has. Um, my mom actually was the one that had mentioned anesthesia school uh, as a possible avenue for after you finish your undergrad in nursing and get some experience. Uh, sounded great. So that was, I was, I was 
it didn't take much. I was sold uh, when I heard about the job. So I started back at nursing school, worked during my pregnancy, had my daughter, stopped working, and then went to school at night. So I was able to stay home during the day with my daughter and then go to nursing school in the evenings. Wow. And so you finished up nursing. What what was it about being a, a chemist that motivated you to look to do something else? It, there was a lot of travel associated with my job. Yeah. Um, so it was time away. The time that I was in my office, it was great. I mean, you know, it was a regular nine to five job, but it, there definitely was a, a, a travel component with it. Yeah. Um, it, what kind of chemist work were you doing? I had kind of done a bunch of different work. I had worked at a startup. I'd worked in some like college research lab, uh, university research labs. And uh, most recently, I was at a very small pharmaceutical company that primarily focused on generic compounding. So, wow. Yeah. And, and so the travel element of that to you was what motivated you to find different work? Yeah, when I was at the startup, it was pretty pretty intense travel schedule, or it could be a pretty intense yeah. travel schedule. It, that didn't so much um, translate over into the pharmaceutical company. That was pretty much a nine to five. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the appeal for nursing was definitely that it was a much more flexible schedule. Yeah, um, even yeah. with twelve hour shifts, you could still structure and so, your. And so you knew that you were you knew that you wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. and make this career change? Oh, we'd already started. I, I was pregnant with my daughter and we were kind of like figuring out how daycare was going to work and, um, you know, infant care, all right. that. And it was, it was definitely, nothing was sounding all that great. Uh, so yeah. the option of going back and just kind of starting over sounded much more appealing. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so you're in, you're you have your daughter mm-hmm. and you're still, you're, you're home with her during the day. And then you're taking night classes to finish nursing school. To start and finish. Yeah. There was a, a great community college that offered evening classes. So yeah. I was able to do everything from, I think it was classes started around like five thirty, six o'clock at night. And you do clinical until 10 30, 11 certain days of the week after your classes were done around nine. So yeah. 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 So you got out of nursing school, mm-hmm. you got one daughter. Yes. And, but I know you have two daughters. I do. When did she come? She was three and a half years later. So I was working as a nurse at night in Maine. We were in the process of kind of moving up to Maine from Boston. So I'd take my older daughter with me. We'd come up, we'd hang out at my mom's house. I'd go to work. She'd stay with my mom and then she'd go to daycare actually in Maine uh, while I took a nap during the day. Did that part-time, did that for a while. And then we were finally able to relocate up here. Yeah because I knew I wanted to go for anesthesia school at um, University of New England. Yeah. Now, did you know you wanted to become a CRNA when you went to nursing school? Oh, absolutely. That was the plan. That was the plan. So this was the path. This was the path. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) And how long did you work as a nurse before you went to anesthesia school? Probably about four years, five years, I think, uh, all total, because I started off in the float pool and then um, had to do that for a few years before I could be considered for an ICU job and then... You got to work a couple of years in the ICU. Yeah. Apply. So you definitely put your time in. Oh yeah, for sure. Knowing that this is what you wanted to become. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it was definitely time well spent. Yeah. 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 You said something really interesting to me at one point where you said you didn't think that you would have been ready for anesthesia school had you not had children. Yes. Which kind of blows (laughs) my mind because I think most people would say exactly the opposite. I mean, I've heard nurses say there's no way I could go to anesthesia school because I've got two young kids, three young kids, a young daughter. I'm, I want to have a family. 
it's just not going to work for a while. But you, you think about that completely differently. Talk to me about that. I do think about it completely differently. I look at um, how I was when I was in anesthesia school versus how I was in school, you know, for my undergrad degree as a chemist or they're, they're night and day. Like it is just night and day. I had so little time uh, to, to spend on things that I had to be very well organized for how I was going to allocate study time, how I was going to allocate time for my kids, how, you know, your everyday household stuff was going to get done. Um, So I felt like having them and being responsible for them, obviously with a lot of help from my husband, but uh, yeah, having them definitely helped keep me on track and make me be more organized. Because if I had a spare half hour, you know, younger days prior to kids, I probably would have squandered that spare half hour. That's, it's super interesting that you think having little kids helped you focus in the anesthesia school. I mean, it makes sense in some ways. Yeah. you have to be super organized to mm-hmm. get everything done. Yes. Well, and I think that there was also, I had that, you know, that 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 mom fear of not spending enough time with them. So I yeah. was always so hyper-organized with my schoolwork. I felt like if I could get things done, oh, I could spend an extra amount of time with my kids or we could yeah. do something fun instead of, you know, me having to do schoolwork. So. Now, you also talked about there being a conversation with your work colleagues about timing of when to go back to anesthesia school. Mm-hmm. And so that you, at one point you thought maybe going back to anesthesia school when your kids were a little bit older would have been better, mm-hmm. but you chose not to do that. So tell me about that. I did. Uh, my work colleagues actually very much, uh, it was like one of those light bulb moments that people talk about because it was part of that conversation. Uh, my plan had been, you know, when my kids were in maybe you know, middle school or definitely grade school, high school possibly, but they kind of gave me a different perspective. They definitely shed a light on the fact that when your kids are little, you're going to be missing things for sure. And it's going to, you know, be terrible, but you know, you would be missing things that would be important to your kids as they're older, like soccer games or their activities that they're going to want you to be present for. So yeah. now that I'm on the other end of things, I don't miss soccer games. I'm able to take them to practices or yeah, yeah, be yeah. more yeah. Um, present right. than I'd want to be right. and when they're going to remember it. And just to give people kind of a perspective, how long have you been out of CRNA school at this point? Oh, only about two years. And how old are your kids now? I have one 11-year-old daughter and one seven-year-old daughter. Okay, cool. So they're still pretty young. They're very young, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is nice because we all have more time I'll have more time to enjoy them as they're growing up which was part of the point right yes, like that's exactly. why you timed anesthesia school when you mm-hmm. did which yeah. I think again it's just so interesting because I feel like people put off anesthesia school until some other time you know because they have little kids but again you chose to go because they were little yeah and you felt like having little kids made you more successful absolutely and also, um, one of the pieces of advice that was given to me that stuck was uh, that the time was going to pass. So if this was what I wanted to do, then I might as well pass my time doing it instead of waiting for the right time or waiting for because yeah. there's always going to be that's a great point something that pops up. There's, I mean, and to be honest, uh, for anyone listening, there is never a good time to go to anesthesia school. I will second that. There's never a good time to go to nursing school. There's never a good time to work in the float pool or to wait around. I was talking to an OR nurse today who's desperately trying to get into the ICU and there's no Mm -hmm. positions open. She's just kind of hanging out waiting. There's never a good time for any of that. But if you just go ahead and get on with it, at some point you'll wake up and you'll realize that you're a CRNA and you've met some pretty substantial life goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is awesome. 
one of the things, one of the big things I wanted to chat with you about was this remarkable story of how you and your family attacked your student loan debt mm-hmm. coming out of school. So kind of set the stage for us in that. Did you enter nursing and anesthesia school with a degree of student loan debt? And then you paid off a substantial amount within a year or, or a little bit longer than a year mm-hmm. um, coming out of anesthesia school. Yeah. So give us the rundown on that. What, what What's your story? What happened? Sure. The rundown on that was I had some student loan debt still from my undergraduate degree, the chemistry degree. That carried over through nursing school. That was deferred. I had some... Um, debt from that as well. And then I had anesthesia school debt on top of it. So all total, um, it was around $140,000 worth of, of debt. Um, and my husband's an accountant and he's very, very organized with money as well. So when we were looking into options, uh, because this was something that I'd, I'd, I'd said that I wanted to do, we kind of did a, a test of feasibility financially, yeah. um, came up with how much everything would cost and, you know, looking at what you could expect to earn when you're done and then how yeah. fast could we pay everything off? Cause we do have those two kids and we need to save right. for them to go to college as well. So it was just a matter of coming up with livable budget for while we were on one income, yeah. uh, making sure that our expenditures other than tuition didn't exceed what was coming in on the one income. Right. And then after I finished, it was just a matter of just maintaining that lifestyle until we were able to pay everything off. So you took $140,000 of student loan debt and mm-hmm. you paid that off in how long? Um, probably 12, 14, 15 months total. 15 months. Yep. With taking a little break so that we could have a little family fun <laughs> after finishing, <laughs> so, so you, yeah, yeah. So you weren't, yeah, you weren't completely on the rice and no. beans plan. Like you did no. have some fun coming out of Absolutely. school. But I, I just, I don't <laughs> want hi- to misrepresent that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to highlight that. I mean, I think that that's remarkable. I think that you know having a CRNA career does put you in a position where you can pay off debt aggressively. Mm-hmm. But I think very few people pay off debt that aggressively. And so what motivated you to do that? Why continue to live on just one income, your husband's income, after you become a CRNA and pay the debt off that fast? Uh, again, it was, it's, my kids are such a motivating factor for, for both of us. Uh, my husband and I were kind of like looking at the the plan ahead for us as a family and for them, should they decide to go to college? Um, and then for our retirement as well, because, um, you know, it's the yin and yang of things. So for all those time, all that time that I was in school, we weren't contributing appropriately to retirement, but we knew we could make it up on the back end. Yeah. So it was very motivating to be more aggressive with paying off debt because we'd let other things kind of lax and we knew that we had to pick up the pace on college savings for our kids and retirement savings for ourselves. So it was looking at the future that was pretty motivating for us. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Do you feel like your lifestyle has changed substantially since you've gone on two incomes? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, it's much more relaxed. I mean, we're able to look at, um, instead of just trips, my husband's from um, Toronto, Canada. So mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, trips to go see family or maybe just a weekend trip, now we're looking at, you know, oh, let's take that family vacation for a week or, you know, home improvements or, 
something that would have been totally put on the back burner or not even really been able to consider because it just wasn't in the budget. So. Yeah. You said something really simple that I think is a hallmark theme of financial management, which is spend less than you make. Right. Absolutely. Like yeah. when you were in anesthesia school talking about making sure your expenditures didn't exceed the money coming in. Yeah. I'm sure you made a good income as a chemist. Then you go to nursing school. You're probably making a good income as a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. When you're flexing back down to one income, what kinds of things, and you have two small kids. Yeah. I mean, where did you feel the pinch the most? What kinds of things did you have to cut? I'm sure that was an uncomfortable time frame for a little bit. Um, it was surprisingly more comfortable than I thought it would be. Um, we cut out a lot of the things that you just, oh, I don't feel like cooking, let's order in. Or, yeah. oh, let's let's go out for dinner. And, yeah. you know, just we had to more specifically plan our extracurricular time and how we would spend our, our money in that way. Yeah. Um, but as far as like our kids went, um, we didn't really need to cut much back for them because they were so little. Um, you know, there's just not much that they yeah they don't know need I mean, yeah. right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they don't know they're in one onesie for like three years right exactly no, I'm kidding that would be <laughs> no. that would be my plan if I ever had kids like five gray onesies that's it yeah maybe seven one one for each I was gonna say you might want to up that number maybe but. maybe like five per day no I don't know <laughs> depends on how much you have to want to do laundry exactly yeah. <laughs> It's the little things that are your daily creature comforts that you should not cut out um, because I was kind of going whole hog with everything like, um, you know, oh my God, I can't get that Starbucks latte because it's $4. But, you know, every now and then, if that's what's going to make you happy, do that. That way that the bigger things just don't feel so, you don't feel so deprived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's mean, a good point. Yeah. Maybe not every day or twice a day on the Starbucks latte, but don't completely cut out the things that make you happy. Um, that are of the small scale. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's interesting what you're saying about where to cut back. And, and it does make sense in some ways. I think when your kids are really little, like their expenses are a little bit less Absolutely. than when they're yeah. like in, you know, summer camp and music school or yeah. like whatever. That's very interesting. And I think that, you know, making the sacrifice for, I, I'm so impressed by that, that you and your husband really put a lot of emphasis on what do we want our life to look like someday Mm -hmm. and then how do we back up and then take the steps to get there and be successful with that are you stoked about where you've come oh absolutely I have no regrets of making this choice and plan and executing the plan you're not going back to being a chemist no no time soon nope (laughs) (laughs) what would you say to ICU nurses or uh, chemists somehow that, that come across <laughs> your pocket or OR nurses or other people who are thinking about anesthesia school but think that maybe it's out of reach for them, whether they don't have the time or if they're intimidated by the academics or they've got kids or whatever, How, what would be your encouragement to them? It's definitely doable. Where there's a will for these kinds of things, there's always a way. It's definitely sacrifices and planning, but it's very worth it. The upside at the end is phenomenal. And the downside on your road there is nothing in comparison to where you'll end up at the at the end of your, your road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like that. I feel like so often people are super intimidated by the cost of school or the amount of time it takes, the mm-hmm. effort that, that you uh, have to put into it. Yeah. As a, as a mentor of mine told me, 
I think when I was, I think I was still working as an outdoor guide. He was like, man, if you can take it on the chin for four or five years or longer, if you need to, and you know, prereqs to nursing school, nursing school, ICU experience, anesthesia school, if you can work, it took me about probably nine years, I think, from when I was like, I'm going to do this yeah, to when I got done with anesthesia school. Oh. So it felt like this super long circuitous route to like where I wanted to be, but it's super worth it. You know, it really I, I, I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but like the job is super fun. The people you work with are super cool. Mm-hmm. The financial reward is uh super rewarding I think it's even it's very interesting I think to come or to move through phases like you and your family did or where I came from is you know not a wealthy family and then also like my first foray into professional work did not generate a lot of income for me Uh, so to have that kind of benchmark in terms of what's comfortable in your life and then to move into the income that a CRNA provides it's a big change Mm -hmm. and it helps you meet goals in an incredible way I mean have you you guys went through a period of significant delayed gratification to get through school, to put things off, and then to pay off your loans in a really quick way. Yeah. And now you're in a different position. Absolutely. And, and I imagine that's got to feel good. It feels fantastic. And it's not to say that there's not fun to be had along the way. Um, I think that, you know, making the plans for what you're going to do in the end when you're in that better position it can also be it can also be fairly gratifying as well edit that out too <laughs> um i don't know i don't want it to sound so terrible like i'm making it sound terrible like it was like the delayed gratification part yeah absolutely i think it, i think it can be terrible i mean it can be like kind of a bummer i mean it wasn't that bad but well I mean, yeah. Like, yeah i mean it's like it's not like it's not that bad yeah but i don't want to be discouraging i guess like but i think you have to be real too yeah I, for sure i think one of the things that people are really concerned about is taking on the debt load of anesthesia school oh if they're that's their the main concern is the debt load i think that the the nicest thing about our profession is that even if you're in a position where you require the maximum amount of loans our job is one that will allow that to be paid back in a reasonable amount of time you're not going to be you know going to the grave with hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. worth of debt um and you can still live a, a very comfortable lifestyle while you're paying your debt off um our exit interview at university of new england was fantastic um you know, when you're required to go in and meet with the uh, financial folks and they show you how much you owe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're supposed to sign off on it and it feels terrible at the time. I, I think it's nice that you got one of those. I think For us, they a, were like, good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I think it's one of the new requirements yeah. that the, the federal government has now for um, institutions that oh, accept federal yeah. money. Okay, good. Um, well, good. That way, nobody can leave saying, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I had no much. idea that yeah. college is going to cost me so much. Oh, my goodness. But uh, the, the gentleman who came to speak with us, he said, you know, of all the talks that I have to give for all the graduating classes, you guys are, are, are probably the ones I feel the least bad for. <laughs> the nursing anesthesia yes, program. Yes, absolutely. Because as they were going into a great career, um, you know, our jobs are in demand we're in demand right. to fill positions at, at this point in time and we're well compensated for our work so the um ability to pay our student loans back yeah. is it's quite reasonable yeah i would i would say i would completely agree with you 
I think so often I hear people get really concerned about the student loans. It is tricky to think about, you know, do you have enough money, loans or otherwise, to cover living expenses, you know, servicing your debt if it's not deferred while you're in school, mm-hmm. um, and then getting through tuition. I mean, it, it's something to think about and to plan for to make sure that you're actually going to be successful. You don't want to get two years into an anesthesia program and then realize you can't make it and yeah. be in a desperate position. But in terms of if you have access to taking out loans or whatever, uh, yeah, it's worth it. You're going to be able to pay it off. Like it's not, it shouldn't be a question, um, oh, I feel no. like. Yeah, it's a definite. You'll be able to pay it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you're like, Kate, maybe you can pay it off in a year. Who knows? <laughs> Kate and her husband. <laughs> Kate and her husband, yeah. which is a great point. I think he needs credit for that one. I mean, I yeah. think that's a really fair point, and that's, and that's, that's an important thing to say uh, I think for folks to remember is that this was a, a family plan that you it all was. put together. And it was a total, total team effort. It's a team, it's a team yeah. effort. Yeah. And like you, it's really difficult to do those kinds of things without a super supportive spouse. Mm-hmm. How, how was it at one point you told me that your husband really encouraged you to pursue different work. And then it sounds like he was generally an amazing human being, like super <laughs> supportive of you through the whole program and stuff. Absolutely. I, I feel like so often we hear that spouses of anesthesia students struggle because they just don't they don't understand the yeah. total commitment and the challenge and the complete absorption into school that SRNAs experience mm-hmm. can you speak to that I mean what did was that tough for your husband or was this always just like nope this is the plan we're doing this as a family oh we no I'm it. sure it was difficult at um different it, it absolutely was difficult I can say that one yes without a doubt it was difficult but yes he um was always very, very encouraging. But both of us had a, a eye on the prize kind of a mindset yeah. where this is temporary. Um, you know, whatever's going on now, it, it, it's temporary and it will pass. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's all for the goal, the, the ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you'd want to say to SRNAs out there or people thinking about going to anesthesia school in terms of encouragement, whether it's if they're young parents or if they're married to somebody, maybe they don't have kids or if they're just worried about the financial aspect of it or any other tips that you'd share with folks? Uh, I think the thing that made it, I guess, uh, uh, most, the whole undertaking most palatable for me was planning it, actually digging into the numbers and coming up with a plan and proving to myself that it was reasonable and that it is doable definitely look into schools, look into options. You can find all their um, financial information on their website or even contact the school. And um, there's somebody to talk to in financial aid or even within the nurse anesthesia department, ask about um, how much people typically take out in student loans uh, and then definitely dig into it, like back into the numbers and and prove to yourself that it's actually doable. Yeah. Um, And I think it, it will become less intimidating because yeah. uh, the knowledge of, of what you're getting into will be with you and you'll be able to right, figure right. it out that way. Any tips for young parents out there or parents of young kids while you're in school? Tips for parents of young kids. Um, it's definitely difficult. I would say that it has definitely been harder or it was harder on, on me than it was on my, my kids. Uh, it might've seemed like things were oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because no parent wants to say, no, I can't do that right now, or no, I, I, I can't make it to your, you know, soccer practice or, you know, yeah. but it's, I think a little bit 
harder on it was harder on me as the parent they don't remember now like I mean I'll ask my younger daughter like oh isn't this so much better than when mom was in school and she'd be like I don't remember you when were you in school you nice know? so yeah like, oh, all right good so yeah it's yeah. uh and it's got to be nice for you now I mean yes you've got a new career you've got a new work-life balance mm-hmm. you a new income level for your family the payoff's got to feel great it feels amazingly great um and I I could not be happier. <laughs> yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking time to share your story. I appreciate you being open about where you came from in terms of your family and, of course, sharing your debt level. I know that's a personal piece of information, but I think it's very inspiring to hear from a mother who had a, had a different successful career say, this is a change that I want to make, and to see you and your husband make that plan and to plan for your family because it put you in a position where you wanted to go. And then to so aggressively pay off your student loan debt, I think is super inspiring to folks to continue to live as if you were in anesthesia school after you're out. And and I don't think we even talked about this, but you said that you worked full-time, plus you picked up some shifts. Like you, you kind of put the accelerator forward that first year out of anesthesia school to get that debt paid off before you maybe relaxed back into full-time work. Yes, absolutely. But again, it, you know, it was um, the the ultimate eye on the prize mentality, I think, that kind of drove it home. And it, it, it was a temporary discomfort for the the remainder of uh, your life. <laughs> <laughs> a temporary uh, discomfort for where you're heading absolutely. To, to be able to meet your goals. Yeah, you know? without it's a doubt. A, it's delayed gratification. Yes. Uh which is which is reasonable. It's that's going to be typical if you're if you're picking out a goal that's big enough. There's likely going to be some delay gratification involved, and obviously hard work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so good, folks. I hope Kate's story serves as a source of inspiration for you that getting through school is doable and worth it that you can hack away at your student loan debt and emerge on the other side in a much better place. Now, here's a couple of other podcasts that you should go check out if you want to think more about paying off student loan debt. Anna Sale produces the podcast Death, Sex, and Money with WNYC Public Radio. It's wildly popular. Check out her revamp series on student loan debt that just came out in the last couple of weeks. She revisits interviews and stories on student loan debt from 2017 and has some fresh perspectives to share with you as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll also link to Jeremy Stanley's podcast, Beyond the Mask. Jeremy is a certified financial planner who runs a financial planning company for CRNAs, cleverly called CRNA Financial Planning. He was featured in episode 18 of From the Head of the Bed and went on to create an anesthesia-related podcast that he co-hosts with CRNA Sharon Pierce. They have several episodes on financial planning that are worth checking out. If this show is helpful or interesting to you, be sure to share it with your classmates and colleagues. Drop a screenshot of the episode on social media and use the hashtag from the head of the bed. It helps others find the show and keeps the conversation going. And thanks for tuning in and sharing your comments and feedback. It's always fun to hear what this podcast means to you and where you want to see it go next. And with that, I'll see you next time.